0: Hey there, Ruby fans! Welcome to another episode of Ruby Redux here on Rooster Team Radio. Tonight we are talking about Volume 8, Episode 11, Risk. And I'm going with the deep voice again, apparently. Um, well, let's not waste any more time. Let me go ahead and introduce you guys to my fantastic
1: co-host. Joining us tonight is the wonderful Katie Cullen. I have literally never played a game of Risk in my life, and I don't plan on breaking that streak
0: mean either too much of a time investment and also i don't know i don't want to read the rules (laughs) like if we just wanted to play with the action figures that'd be fine Um, but also joining us is the wonderful mark b donica
2: it's me i'm from the internet and the internet has come to me i don't know i don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean but hi everybody we we got some
1: we're all from the internet on the internet with the internet etc we've got (laughs) we've got some energy tonight We do. In fact,
0: my brain, just speaking of the internet, my brain is currently doing that old school AOL dial up noise. And that's just the noise that's in my brain.
1: uh. And now it's in everyone else's brain too, except for maybe some younger listeners who are like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm sure it's on YouTube. Look it up. Listen for a minute. Understand what we (laughs) lived through in the 90s
0: you weren't there man you don't know um but anyway uh sadly uh stacy shuttleworth is unable to join us tonight she's a little under the weather but please send her your well wishes she will be joining us again soon just send her all of your love and know that we love her and miss her too um it seems like such a shame because we just got the band back together (laughs) it's like team ruby yay we got everyone back together time to split up
2: Well, I mean, that's sort of indicative of what what happened on the show this week, too, is like, everybody's back together, but I feel like we're about to lose some people to missions.
1: Oh, no. I mean, if this is just like Beacon again, we're about to lose some people permanently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. And,
0: And on that fun note, guys, let's not waste any more time. Please, let's step into our humble abode and let's talk about this episode. But uh, before we really get into the nitty gritty, we do have some housekeeping items that we wanted to talk about real quick,
2: Katie.
1: Which is uh, fitting as we just stepped into the humble abode and now we're keeping it up. So for those of you who are not as active on the Tumblr side of fandom, a lovely, wonderful human being whom we adore and super talented voice actress, and Jensen, received an ask asking her about how she could continue to support a show that didn't give representation. We're back to the Clover thing, you guys. And you can go to Caden's Tumblr, you can read her post. She had a very long, very eloquent response, and it is 110% worth reading. The gist of our approach to it is, we understand if you were hurt. It hurt to watch. It's painful. We understand if you saw something in Clover that you identified with, that you loved, that you wanted to see, and then he died. That hurts. You are allowed to be upset by a character death. You are allowed to be hurt. You are not allowed to make it someone else's problem. You are allowed to reach out for support. You are encouraged to reach out for support and to talk with people and to process your feelings. You are not in any capacity, allowed to send death threats, go after the talent, be rude and demanding like this. The show did not turn out the way you wanted to. And that happens. That's not a flaw in the show. That is something that you need to handle on your own time. So we want to make it very clear on this podcast that we, the Rooster Team... We stand with Caden. We stand with Rooster Teeth. We stand with the fans who are chill and understanding and supportive. And we ourselves attempt to be chill and understanding and supportive. If you're going to be a dick about it, we don't want to hear it. And you need to stop and examine why you feel the need to lash out and why you feel the need to be a dick about it. So we understand that you're hurt but there are ways to handle it and you got to be compassionate in your handling of it
2: i'm 100% in agreement with you nobody please nobody treat anybody like this let alone a voice actress let alone a voice actress who is lgbtqa a voice actress who is voicing an lgbtqa character like you don't you don't bring a headcanon of I thought that this character was this way when the staff writers fellow voice actors crew the world surrounding this this piece says it wasn't like that you, you to a certain extent yes you can have your own headcanon but absolutely Katie you cannot threaten people I, I how it's it's so alarming and so Angering, because one would think that we were past this. You know, there's there's a lot of stuff in society that uh, these days that you would think that we were past, but this especially, and and uh, especially coming from Caden, this should hit harder. And this, like, if if anybody had any sort of doubts, if anybody had any sort of uh, questioning it should all be gone by now 100 percent. there should be no doubts there should be no questions there should be no uh secondary idle thoughts of oh, well i mean what but maybe they have answered the question several times and if you can't and and it's so easy it's um, I, I don't know if anybody ever thought of this if you don't like something remove it from your life if you don't (laughs) this is hard (laughs) this is a television show if you don't like this television show go watch another television show that you do like it's and then you don't oh i like this thing and then you don't think about the thing that you don't like one of one of my biggest issues just in general is people spend so much time dedicated to not liking something when there's so much good stuff out there that you can be liking. Like hating just to hate is so childish. And uh, if if grown men, because they're probably men, if anybody has uh, problems with any of this stuff um, or, <sighs> you you got to get you really do you just got to get over it move on with your life because just find something you like and stick to that truly
0: look there's there's nothing wrong with critiquing a show for its representation there's nothing wrong with that if you want to critique a show for its representation for for any oppressed minority that is absolutely fine and actually very healthy to engage in your media that way. What is not okay, obviously, especially if you are especially if you are advocating for more LGBTQA QIA representation, like it is not okay to tear members <laughs> from that community down. It is just, it's unacceptable. And also, Caden's not a writer on the show, (laughs) but, like, even that being a, like, fairly certain Caden has no creative say one way or another what direction the show goes, nor does any voice actor. That being said, you also shouldn't be tearing down the writers (laughs) because you didn't get the thing that you wanted, like, or or because you want things to be better in a certain way like that set like harassing people is not the solution to that problem. Yes, representation could always be better, but that's not a healthy response. <laughs> it's just not and it's it's really shitty to people who have to deal with harassment in all sorts of other ways. It's really shitty to tear them down for something That isn't their fault, one. And two, I'm so just, I'm just so angry (laughs) at the concept of this question. Um, Long, go ahead, go
1: ahead. And please do keep in mind, we do have good solid queer representation on this show in multiple characters. And of course, a trans voice actress who is voicing a trans woman character. Is gonna support the show that is allowing her to voice a trans woman character, and we stand May Marigold. Let's be completely fucking real, but yeah, the, so many shows can do better. And let's be honest, Ruby isn't perfect. There are places it can improve, but you can't get mad at it for doing bad representation when it when the example you have wasn't representation.
2: Yeah, and also one of the things that I think more people need to keep in mind is every episode isn't the end of the show. There is more show to go. There is always an opportunity. And there is this has always been a long game show, you know. Back on our old platform, what what did we hear? 14 seasons?
1: Something like that. Someone Something made a like hand comment about that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and even just keeping that in the back of our heads, we're on 9 and and we have this uh, this fairy tale uh, show coming up. Like, also, if instead of tearing people down, if you see something that doesn't have representation that speaks to you, I hope that it would inspire you to make something with that, with that, with which you think is missing.
0: Yeah, and on top of that, rather than tearing down people you know rather than tearing down people what we need to be doing is lifting people up like if you are worried about certain voices being underrepresented then you have to do everything you can to lift those people up and this isn't just i'm not just talking about people in the lgbtqia community i mean like all minorities like native representation black representation like there are so many underrepresented voices that need to be lifted up. So rather than being part of the problem, <laughs> you should do your best to be part of the solution. It's, you know, you have to be, it's not enough to just not be racist. You have to be
1: anti-racist. Mm-hmm. it's It's the same across the board. Just... Be good people, you guys. <laughs> Make good decisions. Show some basic human compassion. And maybe if you see your fellow fan engaging in bad behavior, you can go, Hey, fellow fan, maybe don't do that thing. You know?
2: And not even public. DM them. Hey, this probably isn't the best thing to do at all. We need to raise people up and help people understand the, that we we all need to be in this together trying not to sing High School Musical because that would just- God, same. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, On that note, it's okay to not like things. Don't be a dick about the things you don't like. And show some basic human compassion to other human beings. Yeah. Please, thank you. Hear, hear, motherfucker.
0: (sighs) It's, yeah, yeah. All right. Speaking yeah. of lacking basic human compassion, let's talk about Ironwood. <laughs> yeah, let's, um, yeah. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on, on real world topics before we move on to talking about the actual show? Because, you know, I, the only other thing I want to say is that we're sending all of our love to Caden and to the cast and crew at Rooster Teeth because they work so, so hard to make the show as good as it is. And they deserve nothing but love.
2: Mm-hmm. Kinda of said it better.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this show and how it hurts us in different ways. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yay.
0: <laughs> no. Uh. Yeah. Let's talk about this show. Okay. This was an episode all about risk and about the risk that it takes to to put your trust in people. This this was some good stuff. Uh. And I'm so so excited to talk about it. Mark, what did you think of this episode as a whole?
2: It's weird, like. After watching the episode, I tried taking episode to, uh, taking notes uh, when first watching the episode. And I only had a couple, and then as I was rewatching, I was like, eh, "You know what? I th- I think I've got it. I you know these notes are fine. I shouldn't." And then as I was rewatching, realizing how how full this episode was, uh, very solid, and and to get certain emotional check ins kind of a red flag like it's not it's not like a huge oh you know we we've i came in kind of hot last episode but i i think <laughs> that uh regardless of that there are certain things that i am still waiting waiting to happen and i'm not necessarily going to be upset if they don't happen but uh it's it uh the last the last minute was arguably just as terrifying as there like like there there's something that I want that I want to put into perspective later in the show but like yes th- this was very solid very good uh as, as I put in the garbage barge thread on our discord which you can join <laughs> in a link down below uh I am fed
1: <laughs> Okay but is your skin cleared and are your crops watered
2: oh, Well that I don't know what those euphemisms mean, because I am not that into the shipping community to understand what those euphemisms mean.
1: That's not a shipping thing. That's just a meme.
2: I was just doing it. I'm learning.
1: Experience something that is great. If something is exactly what you needed, it's like, ah, yes, this is what I needed. My skin is clear. My crops are watered. Like It has provided for you in several ways. It's chicken soup for the soul.
2: I'm I just went with the meme that I knew.
0: <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh Katie, how about you? Thoughts on this episode overall?
1: When I posted the reaction for this one, I think I just described it as let me lie here in my puddle of feels, which is true. But I also have to clarify that while some of those are straight up emotional feels, one of those puddles of feels is also straight up fear. Just, just fear. Good God. This episode was very, very good. And when we get there, I want to talk a little bit about depicting relationships. But it was very, very good at character development and at these emotional beats. But it was also very, very good at making me sit there and go, just terrified. And then, sitting back after things and going, "Oh, that could have been really bad, Oh my God, that could have been so bad. Ah so really good episode, really good episode, total roller coaster hurt me, loved it <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean,
0: I feel like emotional roller coaster really encompasses pretty much every episode this entire volume, and I am here for it, uh, yeah, but much like mark said i I really like." that this was an emotional check-in episode for a lot of characters because I feel like there were there were a couple characters who really needed to communicate with one another and that's what this episode was um especially because so many of our characters have been apart all volume so it was really nice for everybody to like come back together and get back onto the same page. Uh, Cause like everybody had some shit to work out and it was really nice um, to see them work through that and to see them having to go through those emotions. So kudos to this episode for the emotional roller coaster ride. So uh, let's yeah, let's let's start with Ironwood and the Aesops because uh, that's where this that's where the last episode left off. So let's pick it up (laughs) right from there. uh, It becomes very clear very quickly that Ironwood was not bluffing at the end of the last episode. He meant every word of it. And it's really funny seeing the reactions from the different Aesops. We have Marrow who's like, he's lost his mind. We have Elm going, of course he's bluffing. We have um, Vine going, you know what? Maybe he's got a point. And we have Harriet going, who cares? And I think that's so, so telling (laughs) about where they're all at and what what they're all own individual journeys with Ironwood are going to be for the remainder of this volume. But what we have here is finally the breaking point for one character in particular, and that's Marrow. What did we think of this moment where he broke down and just completely turned his back on Ironwood for better or for worse? Let's start with Katie.
1: Oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> Oh, he's going to die. And I mean, I know last season we were making comments about, well, he might not make it out. And I think I made an old yeller joke here or there. And then I sat here and went, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Mark, I think, made that joke Did first. Mark make those jokes? Yep. yep. Well, credit Are... where credit is due, Mark. Goddamn. Amazing. I
2: have been bowing for five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is longer than we've been talking about this part of the episode. Yeah, I just got to stretch my,
2: my lumbar out. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this and the follow-up. The follow-up is what I really want to talk about when we when we get there, but yeah. One I keep saying one fear and at this point we are past our initial 15 fears. I think we've hit 20 at this point. We're just still going 20 fears.
0: How about you, Mark? What did you think of this uh of this turning point for Mero?
2: I don't necessarily think that it was a turning point for Mero because we've been seeing him go along this road for the past couple of episodes that wasn't what caught my eye what caught my eye was vine waking the fuck up the (laughs) second the second the gun was pulled on marrow his eyes were as big as his bald ass head and (laughs) like because he was he was the only person in that pre-conversation and up to that pre-conversation that was like no orders are orders blah, blah 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 blah. we're gonna do it the general is right blah, blah 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 so he i think had the biggest change he is now afraid straight up afraid i well i think they're all i think they're all scared but i it's yeah. like the the screenshot of both he he usually has something smarmy and and like not necessarily maybe not smarmy is the rest the, the word but he's trying to show how like adjusted and uh quick minded and just calm sort of a thing. He was speechless. And I don't know if he could think straight at all because he he was just staring the whole time. And it's an expression that we have n- never seen from him. In terms of Mara standing up, good on him, and and saying all of the things that uh that he needed to uh I think there's a lot of I I think <clears throat> having having a character of color stand up to essentially Top Cop to have a gun <laughs> pulled on him is a very is a very specific thing to do and have in a show in this day and age. And I, and I, and I think that should be, that should be noted. And, um, I, I don't know if I, if, if Marrow does go down, he's going to do it trying to right his past wrongs. I think he's going to try to go out on his terms and trying to help actually help, uh, and not by, uh, I don't think he will be killed. If he does go down, he will die. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I actually think that um, you know, thanks to Winter, we have dodged that particular proverbial and literal literal bullet. bullet. <laughs> Jesus yes. Christ, that's not a figurative bullet yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, no, that. But like, I I don't think that I. Don't get me wrong, we should always be concerned about these characters and we should always be like, ah, any character can go at any given time. But I think that I I think now that we've experienced this moment of Marrow turning his back on the general and Ironwood showing just how far he's willing to go. Um, he's, you know, he's he's willing to take out Mantle, he's willing to kill his fellow council members, he's willing to kill his underlings if they defy him uh like i think now that we've hit that point i don't think we necessarily have to worry about marrow specifically getting killed this volume don't get me wrong there are still several episodes left i could be very wrong in that assessment but i think because we've hit those particular story beats i think he's in the clear at least for the time being
2: that's just what Um, they want you to think megan
0: yeah. <laughs> but I say that because I think his semblance is going to be instrumental in how this all plays out. I I think he's going to definitely play a part in um the 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 big showdown that we're building to, which we'll touch more on at the at the end of the episode. Um but I don't know. Uh Katie, you wanted to talk about the moment immediately following that. Uh do you want to touch on that?
1: That well, we we see Ironwood pull the gun for one, and then Winter comes with this extremely well-timed flying punch, knocks him da- knocks a Marrow down, let's not play the pronoun game here, knocks Marrow down, cuffs him, and tells Ironwood, I'm taking this traitor to the brig where he belongs, and basically just takes him off screen, which is at the point where we all sat there and went, she just saved his life. So that was, watching that happen. For one, Winter knows exactly what she did. She knows, I'm pretty sure Winter, wow, Winter witnessed, there we go, thanks words, pretty sure Winter witnessed the councilman being shot. So she's seen this, she knows where Ironwood's going, and she knows after that nice little breakdown in which she trashes a table that things are getting worse. So she knows what she did, she knows that she has just saved her fellow Aesop's life, Watching the other three's reactions. There is a shot where she's cuffing him and the camera is over her shoulder and it shows our three other Aesop's. And what I love is that for one, they're all boggled, but they all look down at him, look up at Ironwood, and then look back down at Marrow, but none of them do it in unison. So they're all having the same or similar reactions, but they are definitely not doing it same manner, same time. And the other thing that really hit me is uh, when you are taught to handle a firearm, a gun of any kind, there is the idea of trigger discipline, which is you do not put your finger on the trigger unless you are planning on pulling it. This is to prevent it from going off accidentally, to prevent people from getting shot during what should be training exercises or photo ops or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Watching Ironwood Put the, reholster his gun he it trigger finger on the trigger the entire goddamn time and he waited until winter was past him with marrow to holster the gun so yeah he was 110% committed to doing it and that's not the kind of detail that Rooster Teeth misses so yeah you, you go back and you look at all the little details during that scene and it just makes it a thousand percent worse
2: Y'all remember, uh, the name of his, uh, his gun? Due
1: Process. Yup. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were making jokes about that last season when he was fighting Watts. Yeah. No due process. And he's sitting there with his, with his finger on the trigger, ready to go. Like he was 110% prepared to kill a man. Mm-hmm. Yikes oh man oh
0: yep 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 oh, there's no lie here uh <laughs> searching for lie lie not found <laughs> um yeah so so that's where we leave this set of characters right now winter having just saved marrow's life taking him to the brig quote-unquote i am not at all convinced that's where they're going. Fairly certain they're making a beeline out of there. Um, and the, the remaining Aesops, there are so few of them now, uh, sitting there and having to to contemplate what their loyalty to Ironwood now means. So what's going to happen with these folks next? Like, I am not convinced that Vine and Harriet are ready to to go against ironwood like they might be shaken in this moment but i think they're still prepared to do their jobs out of everybody i think elm's the one that's ready to call it quits uh do you guys have uh, other thoughts let's start with mark
2: i still think the same thing from last episode i think even more so now like i was a little surprised that ironwood was like all right we need some drones but after that no we need people and I think the remaining three are going to be sent with the payload to Mantle, Ooh, and they're so gonna have they're gonna have to have that coming to Jesus moment. They're gonna have to have that conversation, and we're gonna see who these people really are.
1: So much yikes, but I can see it. Yeah, I'm um, given what we saw from Elm's reaction, I can see her being the next one to go. Honestly, and that is. Absolutely the opposite of what I was saying last episode, but this really rattled her. And I love that just from her actions, from her expressions, we could see that, that she was the last person to fall in line, that she looked uncertain. Like, Harriet was initially my pick for going, but Harriet is just being a little rage beast this entire episode Uh, episode season which i think is why she's sharing the leaf of the clover with crow in the opening because they are both just being little rage beasts this entire season can't blame them but also come on guys so yeah i really do think that the next person to go the next person to have that crisis of faith as it were is gonna be elm it might
0: i mean don't get me wrong we uh the the character arcs of the Aesops are extremely interesting, and I'm very, very much invested in seeing which way they ultimately land, and I'm hoping that they all come around, um, because I like all of these characters. But I think like what's more interesting is the fact that now the this internal struggle that's been going on, um where where iron where we the audience can see that ironwood is clearly out of his mind or out of his depth (laughs) at the very least i think it's very interesting that the last time mantle and atlas heard from him he was a figure of comfort uh an authority figure that everyone could trust and that you know in his partnership with robin everybody saw him as being truthful and honest and now everyone knows that whatever whatever deal w- happened earlier <laughs> earlier when when all of those announcements were happening that is out the window everybody in mantle and everybody in atlas knows that this guy is a genocidal nutcase
1: well we did have that full public broadcast from ruby in between saying yeah. that ironwood could no longer be trusted so there is that, but also, yeah, I didn't think about that. Damn.
0: If there were anybody, if there was anybody out there doubting the words of this wanted teenager, <laughs> I think, cause like you could, you could make the argument of like, oh, well she's a criminal. Like she's on, she's on this wanted list. Like we can't trust what she has to say about our general. Our general was just hanging out with Robin not that long ago. It's probably fine. We can probably still trust him. No, no, we cannot. This
1: is not fine. This is the opposite of fine.
2: It's probably nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: Oh, man. man. (laughs) But yeah, yes. (laughs) So yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how... You know, I have no idea what's ultimately going to happen at the vault, but it's going to be very interesting to see what Mantle and Atlas do once uh what once whatever happens at the vault comes to light, if that makes any sense. Uh any any final thoughts on Ironwood and the Aesops before before we move on? Uh Mark?
2: I mean, we talked about him being Javert last episode, but I feel like it would be in Mantle's best interest to uh ask the age-old question: Do you hear the people sing? And, <laughs> yeah! and we're gonna get full French Revolution with the uh happy huntresses at the fore- forefront, just like if we're if we're going out, we're not going out without a fight. I like that a bunch of bad is going is about to happen.
0: I I love that. And I feel like uh, like comparing him to Javert is almost too mean to Javert because <laughs> Javert was the antagonist uh, I love Javert don't get me wrong and he was the antagonist but he also would have like internally sh- like just completely he would have completely imploded like his brain would have would have gone but boom had like <laughs> if he even contemplated breaking the law
2: <laughs> but also think about think about Javert. The one person that got away, he's going to chase to the ends of the earth to make sure that he goes back to prison. When the, like it, Javert is one of the, the clearest inspirations in media to me that out, if you told me that Javert had a semblance, I would say it's probably metal just like Ironwood. And and I would believe I would one hundred percent believe that I like.
0: Oh yeah, I, for sure. The, there's a reason we made the comparison. I see yeah. the similarities, <laughs> but but I also like yeah. Javert never threatened to blow up a city to get hell shot.
2: He didn't get far enough.
1: <laughs> now that's the Frollo territory. He
2: lacked the vision.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> oh. You're thinking too small, Javert. Get <laughs> has got to step up your game. <laughs> oh, man.
2: Your loaf of bread's a little too small there, Javert.
0: Is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> He's too busy thinking about the loaf of bread. He didn't stop to think about the bakery. That's right.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> okay, Katie, final thoughts on Ironwood,
1: Aesop, et cetera, etc., etc.? <laughs> Ah! stop screaming no please i'm at least doing it away from the mic okay (laughs) that's that's my effort to share all to share to save all y'all's eardrums i love you but i also must express myself (laughs) all right in
0: song form no (laughs) on that note uh let's talk about crow and robin our jailbirds Mm. uh because uh like we we touch base with them. And I love the the little nod um, to speed, <laughs> the bus that couldn't slow down that Crow makes because he's like, oh, hey, you've got that, that footage on loop, right? Um, and yeah, this is where Robin having access to all of the security cameras, like she's like, oh, wow, he really means it. He wasn't bluffing. And so ultimately what Crow and Robin are planning on doing is they are planning on stopping Ironwood, but they seem to differ in their approach to how to go about it because Crow is still very much on his quest for revenge and it's finally at this point where Robin calls him out on it. It's like, look, you're I know you're hurting, but like you have to you have to be honest with yourself. You're only doing this for you and no other reason and you have to come clean about that. And so this is this is where we have this moment where We've been building, even though we haven't gotten a ton of screen time with these two, all volume, this is what we've been building up to because Crow is so angry about what happened to Clover that he's decided to displace all of his anger and put it onto Ironwood. And so here, what do we think of the moment where where Robin was able to perfectly just encapsulate what he's been going through this entire season? Katie, let's start
1: with you. I really appreciated this. And I know that, like, we as the audience have a different point of view from everyone. We have a different set of information from all of the characters. Robin doesn't know everything about this relationship. Robin didn't see everything that the audience does, but even she can tell, like, yeah, he meant a lot to you. But you gotta keep in mind, like, we have a bigger picture here. You going on your little vengeance quest isn't gonna help the bigger picture you gotta reprioritize and i i really appreciate that we have this because it is all too easy for a narrative to focus on a vengeance quest and go yeah this is good this is cool this is absolutely what we should do and i mean we have some really good vengeance quests in media have we all seen john wick (laughs) but That's not the place for it here. And this is not the type of show that ever shows a vengeance quest to be a good thing. They'd like to pan the camera back, turn it around and go, hey, Cinder. And even just Salem. This is all vengeance because awful shit happened to her once upon a time. So this is not the kind of show that likes and supports revenge. For the sake of revenge. Revenge because something bad happened to you or to someone you care about, and you are going to assuage your anger by taking it out on the person that you think is at fault. And I appreciate the show taking the time to do that, to say, hey, no, not so much. There are bigger pictures, there are bigger priorities. You are not the only person here. We have to make sure that other people live through this too. So I liked this. And I just like Robin as a character. More of her, please. Can she be in charge, please? Thank you.
0: <laughs> Mark, how about you?
2: I like the scene, too. Like, I, I figured that we were going to get some sort of version of this, at least before the end of the show, let alone the very next episode. But um, I wonder if if what Crow saw in Clover was a young James Ironwood Ah. in the sense of oh here's the sky protecting the peace blah 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 and then no like (laughs) uh, Crow so so everything that's happening is happening again and and it was James fault again and I I understand where he's coming from and, and I understand when you're where you're coming from too in the sense of like no this isn't this isn't a revenge quest show for our heroes I think whoever or whatever was behind the door answered where they're going
0: I think that's a fair assessment um, speaking of do you have any thoughts on who was behind the
2: door well I mean I think the the obvious answer would be Winter and Marrow and, and I wouldn't and I wouldn't be surprised if it was winter and marrow um there have been so like <laughs> there was a thing last week with with friend of the show Dan uh <laughs> who who posted a the thumbnail of the show early quote unquote and it just started this whole like trolley atmosphere around the episode for the first couple of days I'm, I'm happy everybody had their fun, but I'm also happy it's over but <laughs> one of the one of the uh wild things that i saw i don't remember who i saw it from was like oh can you can you believe that uh raven and taiyang and and Zwei showed up oh that's crazy <laughs> and then and then i went well wait a minute raven can teleport onto people and around <laughs> people it's it would be absolutely insane absolutely insane and i wouldn't necessarily you know this it's a wild speculation territory of of like just putting the thought in my head of like oh that would be interesting if of all of the people that saw the call for help and answered it because they knew how serious stuff was about to get would be Yang and raven
0: i don't disagree with that actually i can actually 100 percent picture a, a an avengers endgame style moment of um, <laughs> on your left and who's that in the portal it's not dr strange <laughs> it's raven
2: yeah and it's not it's not something that i'm i'm putting a lot of stock into i don't think we're gonna go to the moon with this one but it's just one of those one of those thoughts of like huh that is technically possible but it is more than likely the <laughs> much more realistic answer
1: i legitimately thought with the way that you were setting this up you were going to say something about yeah they would open the door and a turbo teen would be there
2: <laughs> oh no 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 that's much later but it's actually you know okay. but like now that we're in wild speculation territory i know, like you know everybody is ex- if everybody is expecting winter and marrow what if it's the other three Aesop's? <laughs> no, no, no. no like, like legitimately, what if they got scared so bad that the other three Aesop's were like, we got to get them and we got to go? Like they were th- because Winter said, I'm going to throw this person in prison. So they went, okay, we got to go get Mero. We got to bust out of here. But in the process, they bump into those two. And all of a sudden, and now it's another situation of, wait, 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 we have a plan i, <laughs> I mean, love
1: that i also think that it's winter and marrow just because basic storytelling and story beats but also yeah. holy shit i'm in oh my god yes because i mean yes. th- that's yes. so-
2: something that the show does feed into certain expectations at times but they also subvert them
0: this is true yes 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 yes
1: yes yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm also still down for eventually Raven does show up with we, we, we talked about a little about this in our reaction and I believe it was Megan that had the brilliant idea of Raven showing up as well mm. so you know video credit for credit <laughs> yeah it, it's just I would love that I would love that so much
0: specifically it's Tai Yang
1: being like you owe me <laughs> <laughs> you said everyone gets one I'm cashing it in <laughs> Uh,
0: but yeah, Mark, I think I think you're absolutely right in terms of like what happens next is wholly dependent on who or what is behind that door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Torchwick.
0: <laughs> Bet you didn't see that one coming. Uh, I'm I,
2: out
1: of the belly of that Grim.
2: <laughs> there's if there's something that I wouldn't see coming for
1: many reasons, it would
2: be Roman Torchwick showing back up.
1: Just
0: showing up like, where is my, Where's my goddamn hat? shoe? <laughs> oh, I I had okay. <laughs> I had I had another thought um about who it could be. Um shoot. What if it's Bill Scarlatina going, mm-hmm. Oh god, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> same deal. Same deal.
2: I'm here for it. Or Perfect. he's
0: finally been fired, and he's coming down with a with a cardboard box of all his stuff. Or, you see a little picture frame <laughs> of velvet poking out.
2: Or it's not; it's just like, look, he kept putting fish in the microwave. We had to do something about it, so we're throwing him in prison.
1: <laughs> you go to jail, Bill.
2: Bill, you should be in prison
1: for work crimes. Ugh microwave crimes
2: i would i would be one of the people accompanying bill to prison for that oh god
0: same have you commit have you both committed that treason
2: no 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 no. i would be i would be putting him in jail for it
1: katie just admitted to treason
2: Mm. (laughs) okay so here's
1: the thing at the place that i (laughs) used to work and this was a couple of places ago so you know i don't think anyone listening to this is going to know what this is My desk was next to the microwave because of the way our office was set up. And I have a coworker, had a coworker, God bless her, who for the better part of a year, every day would bring Brussels sprouts and put them in the microwave. I will take salmon over Brussels sprouts in the microwave Mm. every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Oh, my God. We continually had to air out the office, and of course, it was worse, by my desk. Because that's where the microwave was. Every day, for the better part of a year. I think Katie's admitting to murder. Awful.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no. She still works there.
0: <laughs> well, Katie, it's time for us to take you
1: to jail. <laughs> I didn't do it. She did. Did you miss the entire... All right, whatever. No, I'm saying I will take fish in the microwave over these Brussels sprouts that she used to bring in. Oh, my God. No, no, we got
0: it. (laughs) No, we understood. We also did definitely accuse
1: you of murdering your coworker.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Fam, she's still there. I don't know if she's still putting Brussels sprouts in the microwave, but it would not surprise me. They never found the body. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, okay boy. So, oh boy okay no no I'm saving my murder for uh I don't know <laughs> saving it though haven't committed it yet
0: <laughs> yes. might not ever unlike r- with Raven it's not like everybody gets one Katie you don't commit murder <laughs> wait that's not what that means <laughs> no shit <laughs> all right we're all gonna right. have to talk about some stuff off air uh <laughs> But yeah, do we have any final thoughts on uh, Crow, Robin, this this whole Ironwood situation before we shift gears entirely to talk about something else and to go to a different portion of the Rooster Team house? Let's take a moment really quick to talk to you guys about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it's it's a fantastic way that you guys can help us out uh, by spreading the word about this podcast and helping us uh, become more searchable for people looking for Rooster Teeth-related content, and not only that, but we like giving you guys a little shout out. When you take the time to make a review on your podcast app of choice. And we have a couple for iTunes. Mark?
2: Yes, we do. Uh, let's start with this one by Sam JJ 94 Amazing podcast. Five stars. Much appreciated with those five stars. I have been listening to you guys since you were on uh, your previous platform and was ecstatic to find out that you created a podcast dedicated to Rooster Teeth content. I enjoy listening to you talk about the episodes and theories about what will happen next. I recently started listening to Welcome to Veil and love it. Y'all do amazing work on it. I also wanted to know if you were a huntsman or huntress, what would your semblance or weapon be? Ooh,
0: I like that question. Um, I. It sounds so silly, but like I would either want to fly or have super speed. I I know I know that those are kind of cliche. Um, I have thoughts if like those are off the table of like what kind of semblance I'd I'd want to have or superpower just in general. Um, but honestly, if I had my pick, it would be it would be flight or super speed. Those. Um, as far as weapons go. I really like the hoverboard from volume three, (laughs) the hoverboard. That's also dual pistols. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I have to go with that or, or Yang's gauntlet guns. I, 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 I love those so much.
1: I got nothing. (laughs) I have absolutely nothing. This is, this is one of those things where every time someone's like, what superpower would you have? I sit here and go, life is hard enough as it is. Oh, my
2: God. Imagine. Dream bigger, Katie. Dream bigger.
1: Teleportation. Fuck you, 30-minute commute.
2: There you go. Dude, like, for me, uh, one of the powers that I've always wanted, I don't know how it would work necessarily as a semblance, would be portals. Like, specifically portals. So not like, oh, I can zip zap wherever, but oh well let me just open up this wall and now we're at Disneyland you know stuff like that so that way I could bring other people with me and there's not like a you know there's probably some sort of a limit or what you know it's because super human stuff is whatever but in terms of a weapon I've always sort of uh, I've always sort of stuck to like a, a big hammer like back when I was watching Bleach I I had always imagined my Zampack Toe to be some sort of an earth-based hammer. Um and so something like that. And and not necess- you know what it's another reason why Nora is my favorite character because that that I would just point and go that I want that but different. <laughs> um but just essentially something hammer and earth-based. I don't know how it would also be a gun.
1: You're basically Reinhardt. Your gun thing can be fire strike.
2: Oh, uh, such or or it would be like one of those, uh, like a like a pico hammer, like one of the joke hammers, and <laughs> it has it it has like a bang flag that also fires out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Legit.
2: Yeah, some, something something like that. Uh, we also have a review from uh, Ben House from the UK, and and so for folks who are overseas, uh, leave a review. And take a picture, take a screenshot and send it to us so that we can read it on air because we only have access to the U.S. shop, the U.S. store um, or the U.S. it says store. Um, oh, that's another thing is uh, did you, uh, iTunes recently changed its voc- its wordage to be like follow. So now you can follow the the podcast instead of subscribe because so many people use subscribe as like a premium content verb that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we want to make sure that people know that it's free. Um so yes, you can subscribe to us for free. But thanks again to uh, Ben House Knight underscore Benji on Twitter, uh, who left us a fandom gateway shipping included with five stars. <laughs> I've been listening since the volume two days and can never miss an episode. Uh, they have introduced me to a fandom with all of the fun in theories. Their ideas are always clever and often funny or horrific, but <laughs> but rarely wrong. I just take. One issue. I completely blame. And let me finish the sentence. I completely blame Katie and Megan for showing me shipping and giving me an armada. <laughs> At least the love loft has cushions. And also, P.S., as an owner slash manager of a small convenience store, thank you for the end message of being kind to frontline workers. It has been one hell of a year. Thank you, Ben. And we appreciate you. And we appreciate all of the frontline workers out there.
1: Also, I regret nothing. <laughs> you should welcome. <laughs>
0: Aww, that's so sweet. Thank you guys so yeah. so much. Um, that's incredibly kind and and very moving to hear from from both of those reviews. So, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those aren't the only way uh, that you guys can communicate with us, as Mark mentioned. We have a discord. You can uh, find the link to that in the description below. But we also have a Twitter uh, at the Rooster team. and you can interact with us with, their, uh, with us there. and we like giving shout outs on Twi- uh, to people who, who chat with us on Twitter too. Uh, we got a lot this week. Shea Forrester 16, Max Us Fox 23, Rhythmic Warrior. Uh Carson Edmondson, Giga Derek, Chris Sarasaurus, High Five Waterslide, T and Vines, Brandon Dodge. And uh we have we have a few that I I, I do want to read out because they like we appreciate every every interaction we get, but there are a few I want to read out um for you you'll see. <laughs> I'm not even this is from drummer girl 456, aka Jade. We love you, Jade. I'm not even 30 minutes into Ruby Redux, but man, have I missed Mark B. Donica in the last few. Just out-of-the-box theories and reactions are the best.
2: Uh, Thank, you, Thank you, Jade. Jade <laughs> Jade's a Jade's a writer-dyer. She she's been she's been around since uh the previous uh platform days as well. She's OG. OG, good way to put it.
0: Yeah, we have another one too from Nate, aka Gamer Boy Nate, uh, who uh, he he said he was uh, he started his morning off right with a cup of coffee, and our podcast said loved the Hamilton and Les Miserables references. Good to hear you're back, brother. At Mark B Donica,
2: Nate's Sorry. a good guy. Nate's one of our mods at uh, on our Discord too.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of our our friend friend of the show Dan,
2: <laughs>
0: at the Kaito Dan he uh he quote tweeted our episode and sent it out to all of his followers working on my review as we speak but in the meantime make sure you're still giving these lot a listen to thank you dan and be sure to check out dan's youtube channel as well everybody he does good stuff the ruby like youtube community is fantastic and um we are just a small facet of it the the content creation around this show is just it's filled with so so many good people so be sure to give give those people your time too because it's well worth it they're wonderful we have one from empty midnight 17 whenever it's ruby season i get to hear the rooster team review the episodes with the same excitement and love for the show like i do it truly feels like talking with friends thank you all for the laughs Thank you so much, MT Midnight 17. That's so incredibly sweet. Um, and it's what I really like about listening to podcasts about the things that I love as well. And we have one from Slash Spider, my favorite podcast. I'm always excited to hear what everyone has to say about each episode. Thank you so much. Y'all rule.
2: That's awesome.
0: It's so, so incredibly sweet. And finally, we have one from <laughs> the ever wonderful Malachroma finally finishing up the last rooster team episode and they're talking about watts's episode 10 monologue and i just realized y'all this is the second time watts has been dangled over a ledge and not dropped rule of threes who's (laughs) dropping him in round three (laughs) mark who's dropping watts
2: (laughs) i i like somebody somebody left the the suggestion of penny and i agree (laughs) I, I, <laughs> Carson. It was Carson. Carson said Penny and I agree.
1: <laughs> that would be nice. Katie? Penny doesn't seem like the type to do that on purpose. But, but I would love it. Also, um, the longest of shots, but Maria. <laughs> oh,
2: dude. But so but think about this. Think of uh the Frankenstein of it all, monster killing creation. Uh, if for whatever reason Watts needs to stop Uh, virus Penny from uh, terminating herself then he's got to (laughs) go you are in the way of me completing my function you I have to end yours
1: this is true this is true I'm still standing by Maria though because I think it would just be beautiful and because I'm not sure Pietro himself would do it either because he is an incredibly intelligent soft man Um, Maria though Maria will commit a murder and do it again, and I love her for it.
2: Who do you need me to murder?
1: <laughs> All right, who needs to die, kids? Like, yeah, yes. complete long shot, Mercury.
0: No, I'm kidding. Um, my oh, actual, <laughs> my actual complete long shot, Neo. Because what is it? Uh, <laughs> like uh, both when James was dangling him over the edge and when Cinder were dangling him over the edge, like both of those were very intense dialogue driven scenes. I love the idea of for whatever reason, Neo dangling him over the edge of a building and him beginning to talk his way out of it and just her going, no, I don't have time for that. And just dropping. (laughs) I don't know what scenario what like what circumstances would have to be for them to be in that scenario but that's my long shot <laughs> oh man but yes just thank you to everybody who who uh interacts with us on twitter thank you to everybody in our discord um you know there are other ways to support us as well we have a Tea public where you can buy silly things of uh t-shirts of the silly things that we say and we actually have a sponsor for
1: this week's episode as well as always, our sponsor is Fred He Bakes. He does cookies. The cookies are wonderful. You should absolutely obtain them and put them in your face because oh my god, cookies, you guys. It's a cookie kind of season. They're all cookie kind of seasons but right now it's really a cookie kind of season. So If you desire cookies, he has the Brown Sugar Buddies. They are his flagship cookie. They are chewy. They are wonderful. They're kind of like a spice cookie and a molasses cookie and just incredible. Highly, highly, highly recommend. If you miss those fall flavors, I miss those fall flavors. I miss those fall flavors every time it's not fall flavor season. Fred still has fall flavors. He has Maple Brown Sugar Buddies, so it is all of the goodness of a Brown Sugar Buddy with the fall flavor of maple, which is wonderful. If you're not a spice cookie person, if you are a chocolate chip cookie person, Fred has you covered. He has the big chip buddies. They are big, they are fluffy, they are soft, they are full of chocolate chips. Wonderful, wonderful cookies. And if you're like me and you can't really decide what to get and you want to get a little bit of everything, Fred does sampler boxes. So you can get a little bit of everything and then order more of your favorites, which, if you're like me, is everything. All of it. All the cookies. Everything is made fresh to order, never frozen. Can't find any of this in stores. You can only find it at fredhebakes.com. Three words, fredhebakes.com. And use coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. That is fredhebakes.com with coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM. Treat yourself. You deserve it.
0: Thank you guys so much uh, for all of the various ways that you support our podcast. We love you. Thank you so, so much for everything. You all are the best. All right, guys, if you'll join me on the stairs as we make our way up. You were the upstairs Lola. the whole
2: time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
0: plot twist yes mark that's not inaccurate
1: you might have been upstairs the whole time but i was definitely not in the love loft when we were talking about marrow potentially getting shot
2: Mm. i was at the bar doing shots 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 shots
1: see not for that guy not for that guy we've
0: already established that i hang out in the love loft uh just to cope (laughs) just with everything so uh yeah it I make no secret that I live up here now. So, guys, let's talk about Ren and Nora, because we got some very interesting developments from them in this week's episode. And, Mark, I, I feel like you don't have to be dragged kicking and screaming up to the Love Loft this time, because this is, how we say, a cannonship. ship?
2: Oh I mean it's I mean it's not necessarily you said it you said it so presentry but like yeah yeah this is this is a a relationship like one of my favorite things about this was how like mature it was and it it's also it's one of those things of looking at it looking at the other like proposed relationships in the show and being like see this is how you do that um mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it came to this scene um neith and samantha flip and killed like the performances in this episode were so primo like if there's an episode that they could put up for like a, an emmy i would i would submit this one even though you know we haven't seen the next four but <laughs> i like this is this is a this is a nominatable episode when it comes to performances when it comes to art when it comes like we have a a variety of sets a variety of characters in a in something that is so cohesive um but specifically oh and also a very good friend of the show molly flood was the person that boarded this scene so we hashtag we stan a legend like what a what a wonderful uh way to what a wonderful gift from a friend um but this uh, this was wonderful because they acknowledged I say they Ren acknowledged his feelings for uh, Nora to her, which was like, he's, he's gone through so much and to be able to hit that level of acknowledgement is a good, is like a great advancement for his character. And in the same time and the same foot, well, I guess different foot uh, (laughs) Nora acknowledging like my life was one way, then it was another. I don't really know who I am yet. And, and that's okay, but I need to find out for me. It wasn't, it wasn't a wait for me, darling. I'll return to you. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this big, again, similar to this, this, the, the, what we talked about in the last episode. It wasn't this big, grandiose thing. It was a conversation between two people that know each other very well and going deciding to go their own way together if that makes sense is is something that i think any 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 uh any group of people i'm not going to say a certain number because it's the 90s but any any group of people that is like (laughs) trying to that is trying to decide if their relationship should evolve or change, if they don't have a sense of self in that relationship, it's not going to go well, you know, people, and, and, and just in general, like if anybody making a change can't completely figure out who they are or where they are, you got to take that time to do that and the people in your life that care about you, love you, family, friends, whomever will always be there for you to support you in that. And it this was a very real, very human moment in a world of genies and magic and sword guns and <laughs> gun guns, world. Seriously, and sword swords and gun guns, but like it, it this 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 relationship continues to be one that i see a lot of similarities in 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 a it just in the sense of like oh i've i've this is a a a type of representation the the cognizant uh relationship the, the like oh good they're being humans about this and it it's it's very nice to see. I'm excited for both of these characters going forward, and I, I, I'm excited to see how they work together through this. and And I don't think it's going to be weird. I don't think like it. I don't think the role's going to change. I don't think Ren is going to all of a sudden start f- fawning over Nora or any of that biz. Um, I think the the best way for this scene to have ended is how it ended with a boop. Cool. Loved it, absolutely loved it. This is a phenomenal scene, and I'm like all of all of the performances Th- these two in particular, I had a little bit more of a vested interest in, but all of the performances this scene everything phenomenal phenomenal
0: chef kiss Katie thoughts
1: yeah, I agree with mark i I said earlier in the episode that I wanted to talk a little bit about Ruby and developing relationships and I love how this show depicts their relationships. I love that we do have romantic aspects of this show, but it doesn't it's not necessarily focused on being a romance. We don't have those tropes, etc. I love that this show has Yes, thank you. has earlier on depicted an abusive relationship and then shown that yes it's abusive and yes it's difficult to get out of those and here's the repercussions I love that it has shown loving married couples I love that it has shown a widower and a single father doing his best to raise his kids in the aftermath of losing a relationship and I love that we're seeing relationships develop among our characters and they're doing so naturally and it works really well not only with the arc of each character involved in the relationship but also with what's happening around them what's going on in the world what's going on with them specifically like just in general for characters ruby has been really really good at here's how this character generally functions but you can also see they're working this way right now because of this factor and this factor and this factor. We see it with Ironwood going off the deep end. We see it with Ruby having a breakdown that, let's be real, she's she's been entitled to a breakdown. Girl needed it. This episode, and we see it with Ren and Nora's development. We've been seeing Ren across these past several seasons, ever since, I would say, ever since we got his uh, tragic backstory with uh, Jim and Randall. <laughs> the Knucklevy, for those who were not around for that particular naming convention. And it's been such a long time coming, and it's been interesting to see Nora as well, who for the most part has been a fairly static character, and that's not a bad thing, but it's been interesting to see her going, who am I without Ren, and figuring that out. And so the fact that this is where their arcs intersect, and it feels so natural for both of their characters it's natural for what we've seen of ren's growth and his arc over the past couple seasons it's natural from what we've seen of nora just as a character and from her right now questioning her identity and trying to figure that out like this is something that makes so much sense and we have so much media where we just Uh, We have obligatory relationships where you throw together our main guy protagonist with the obligatory love interest and, oh, they saw each other across the room and now they're in love and, you know, shit, I don't understand. This, the slow burn, is 110% worth it. This works so, so well with their characters. And I love that. Instead of just going, oh, yes, it's perfect, fall into my arms, we're good now, we're in a relationship, everything's great. That we did have Nora saying, I need the time to figure out who I am before I can be a good partner to you. And the narrative treating that as a completely valid response. Because it is. You can love someone romantically and want to be in a relationship with them and still understand that you yourself are not in a good point in your life to be in a relationship and it's good that you know yourself that well. It's good that she knows herself that well and saying, "Hey, I need time to figure myself out before we can do this." This isn't a no, this is a later. That is absolutely a valid response. And this is this is a show aimed at teenagers, not necessarily a very young demographic but definitely aimed at teenagers who are figuring out their own thing. And so seeing all of these relationships portrayed as they are, seeing the slow burn and the coming to fruition and the I need time to figure myself out being a valid answer, I love, 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 love good examples of relationships like this. And I think this is something that Rooster Teeth has been doing especially well with this show is this relationship development working with character development and that it's not just the ship be-all, end-all. It's these two characters and them being in a romantic relationship with each other is an aspect of both of their characters, but it's not everything. Basically, I love this. This was perfect. Thank you. Yes. And I love those nice little intimate forehead touches. That's That's just my favorite thing. They're so good. I love it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it
0: when they said "I love you." And I liked it when they boop. <laughs> no. Um,
2: Good night, I... everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's be real.
2: Let's not talk about the rest of it because sad.
0: <laughs> and that's and yeah, end of the show. Uh, we, I mean, we've been going for an hour seventeen. So uh, that's we'll...
2: way too long for us. Are you kidding? <laughs>
0: I know. When do we go over an
1: hour? <laughs> Our poor marathon listeners going. Don't you fuck with us?
0: <laughs> I can only imagine what the people who are are currently looking at the run remaining runtime on this episode. I can only imagine what they're thinking right now. But um,
1: given no, that at this point in time, we don't know what the <laughs> remaining runtime is.
0: <laughs> oh lord! Um, but yeah, no, I have to concur wholeheartedly with both of those sentiments um i genuinely loved this entire scene from beginning to end i loved having to resolve um that the anger that uh that nora was feeling towards ren for having abandoned them um i love ren having to apologize for for being so angry with himself and with his teammates for for what he was perceiving as his his own failures and projecting that onto them, um, I really loved having to to lay all that on the table. But like uh, even more so, like he was sitting here like blaming himself, meanwhile being completely oblivious to the existential crisis that Nora was going through. Like she even says when when Jean um like determines that he won't be able to fix the scars that are now covering her entire body. She's like, "Uh, yeah, just another classic ditzy move from Nora." Like like how angry she is like with herself is also something that Ren was completely oblivious to up until they have a moment alone together. And it it's here where we get these two characters saying out loud for the first time that I love you and like, that's, that's big and it's wonderful and it's great. Um, but I, I have to agree with both of you. I love how mature this was handled. Um, being that like we, we both love each other, but I, I have some stuff to work out first and that being 100% valid and 100% okay. I, I, love the way this show handled that because there are so many examples of media particularly media aimed at teenagers where where like someone will give a response similar to this of like, I love you, but I can't be in a relationship with you right now for X, Y, and Z reasons. And then having the narrative treat that like, it's a tragedy, like, Oh, it's so dramatic and sad. And like, don't you feel bad for this person who finally admitted that they loved this person who was unrequitedly loving them for so long. And now that they've admitted it now that they can't be together for this reason, like, I really like that this show isn't doing that because I find that that other way of doing things really exhausting. <laughs> really exhausting and tedious and unnecessarily and I I I feel like when things come off as melodramatic as that that it's manufactured drama and it even though there's nothing wrong with that necessarily if that happens to be your cup of tea, it's not mine. <laughs> and so I really I don't have the patience for it <laughs> anymore. Um, but I really like—I I really liked this because it, it felt so real. And j- just having, just because you have personal issues to to work through, doesn't diminish the love you feel for the people around you. And I—I I really liked that they're on the same page and that, yeah, this—that um, the the love that they share for one another will not change and yeah I look forward to seeing not only how their relationship develops in the future but I look forward to seeing Nora become the person that she's wanting to discover that she is um so yeah I'm looking forward to to both of those respective journeys and also boop was oh Oh, so cute! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, do we have any final thoughts on uh, this Ren Nora moment before we leave the love loft?
2: I, I think that Nora, I, one, a moment that I'm going to be looking forward to is Nora looking at her scars and 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 this is kind of tropey, but looking at her scars and realize scars and realize that they they tell her story. As opposed to like, oh, this is, this is something that this was stupid, but this was a choice. This was a choice that I made to save my friends. And we're all here. Like having, having that realization of, I get to show people on, on my body, how much I love my friends and how, and like, just imp having the scars empower her as opposed to be that, Oh, that's another ditzy thing that Nora did. And I think she'll get there, but that's going to be one of those moments where we're going to start to see, okay, she's, she's going to start taking more, taking more pride into how she operates uh, uh, as a, as a huntsman, as a huntswoman and, and, and how she is just as a team member. Um, And the only other thing that, that I'd want to say is I wonder if, not just for the metatextual we're showing how mature relationships can be. I wonder if in the world, you know, what something that we kind kind only kind of joke about is Yang and Blake haven't like talked. Or if they have, we haven't seen it. So I wonder if this is also an in-universe way to show the audience, hey look, this is a relationship. And this <laughs> is and this is how 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 people talk to each other so that when we do see yang and blake talk that maybe they have that thing of are we ready like like maybe maybe it's like okay here is the here is the uh the prime example and now that we have or the prime example in the Ren and Nora conversation and then when the Yang and Blake conversation whenever it happens two or three seasons from now <laughs> whenever that happens um to see how they are you know not necessarily comparing the two because everybody's different but just that thing of how do do they talk <laughs> Be- <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of the things that we don't really get to see especially because Ren and Nora's relationship has been established since day 1. I mean I mean not day 1, but you know what I mean. Like since since early on and this this other thing has been building and building and building. I I really just want to similarly to how we checked in here. I was hoping that we were going to then flip and have a conversation with Yang and Blake, but the subsequent conversation was a completely different breed.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we've got a conversation with Yang, but it was not that type of relationship. Katie, final thoughts? I just
1: building off what Mark said. Scars mean you survived. Yeah. And I'm I'm with you. I'd love to see Nora turn around on that and you know see them in a different light. And yes, this this was my puddle of feels relationship. <laughs> just leave me here. It's good. It's good.
0: Yeah. I am. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how both of those relationships develop in the future. Um, The only other thing I want to point out, uh, uh, there are two other things I want to point out about this scene. One, Jean, perfect, (laughs) just absolutely perfect. I love when she- i i love when ruby goes like full anime where like he's he's clipping not clipping frames but like where like the the animation is very limited and he goes from one point to another without actually like moving (laughs) it was just it was very beautiful um i i love when ruby does stuff like that um where it goes a little bit extra cartoony uh and i think that was the perfect moment for it to do that um Kind of less on an amusing note is the the very very sad bit of backstory that is just casually dropped into this conversation was Nora mentions um that her mom abandoned her um because of the grim her mom. Like, like the opening scene of 28 Days Later, her mom abandoned her <laughs> to run away from the monsters that were coming. And that is just, it's an absolutely horrific thing to find out about this character. Um, And it explains a lot of, you know, why, why I think we've seen her, um, you know, why she and Ren are, you know, were attached to each other. Like, almost at the hip for so long. Um, And it explains why, you know, she does want to, you know, discover more about who she is outside of her relationship with other people. Um, Yeah, I, I like, it's one of those things where I'm glad we finally have that detail, but man, is it heartbreaking. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Speaking of Yang, uh, we, let's check back in with Team Ruby. Because... Uh as Team Ruby is currently assessing the situation with Penny with Ironwood, not being aware of Robin and Crow's status and knowing that uh Ironwood has patrols like outside of the the mantle mine shaft, so like helps not coming from there either. Ruby has reached a point of frustration because ultimately no matter despite all of their efforts and all of their schemes uh they are in the exact same position that they were in the day before where it it seems like you know m- the more and more time passes the more people are dying and ultimately they don't know what to do and so ruby as you mentioned earlier katie has this breaking point and uh she runs out and yang follows her and they have a heart to heart conversation about a couple things and The first thing that they talk about is the hound and you know yang tries to lighten up the the conversation by saying oh hey you have one-upped your big sis by taking out the monster and it doesn't take long before the conversation turns to summer because blake told yang what the hound was and the show finally says the thing out loud that's what happened to mom What did we think of this conversation between these two sisters talking
1: about Summer? Uh, Let's go ahead and start with Katie. For one, Ruby really needed this. Sometimes you need to have some time where you're like, nope, nope, not dealing with it, can't deal with it, Let let me just take this big awful thing and go over here and try to process that instead of attempting to continue on and be strong in these other ways. Like, she definitely deserves some time to just have an emotion, have several emotions all at once. It's sometimes you just need this and she is overdue. What I love about this, and this continues on what I was saying in terms of character arcs and in terms of understanding where this works with the character in conjunction with what's been happening around them. And I love that our characters in this show are smart. And I know we can make jokes about, well, that was not a good move to make, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of they have the information that they have they, don't have, they don't have all the information that the audience has, but they have enough pieces that they can start putting one and one together and getting two. Like we are dealing with some intelligent characters and they're intelligent in different ways. And so I appreciate that we have this. One, because it's not just a fan theory anymore. We've seen it confirm that Salem is using people with silver eyes. And two, that we see that our characters are intelligent enough to pick this up. So if it turns out that, yeah, this is something that happened to Summer, she is in a grim beastie somewhere or in stasis in the pool of darkness or what the hell ever, that it's not this big dramatic surprise and that our characters aren't all, oh my God, how could this possibly happen? Like, they're smart. They get it. And I appreciate this a lot. I appreciate that our characters are able to pick up what the narrative is putting down in front of them and make these conclusions. So I liked that. It was heartbreaking to see this happen. And I appreciate that the instant that Ruby knocked the facade of okayness down, that Yang broke down as well. Because what I don't think Yang told Ruby Because we didn't see it on screen, but we don't know. We saw a few episodes Yang bring up Summer and Salem just go, oh, her again. So very obviously, Salem at least knows who Summer Rose is and more than likely did something to her. So Yang has that extra piece of information and just had not put it into place yet or had put it into place and had not wanted to think about it. So... As, as heartbreaking as this entire scene was, I really liked it for what it said about all of our characters Mark, how about you?
2: yeah I agree with that i didn't I, I guess I didn't put it together either I forgot that you know there have been so many breaks in and various things of I forgot that Salem said that. Because I think that was also in an episode of just a lot. <laughs> just
1: Well, <laughs> that was about two minutes of screen time before she got exploded. Well, so, yeah. Um... Well, and
0: and not to interject, but she actually did say something to that effect last season, too, when she appeared in Ironwood's um, office, uh, controller, whatever. When she appeared in front of everybody. um Ruby gave that that speech and she leans in close and goes, your mother said those words to me.
2: Oh, that's um, right.
0: I forgot about I, that. I only bring it up because I know that people were going to yell at us. About
2: <laughs> 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 there was. Oh,
1: I totally forgot about that. Thank you. I'm having trouble remembering things that happened at the beginning of this season. OK, it's, it's, it's March 2020 has lasted for about 300 years. I don't know what time is anymore. No,
0: just one. 300
1: but thank you for bringing oh. that up because holy shit
0: sorry Mark didn't mean to interrupt
2: no that's ab- absolutely fine um what uh, <laughs> no but the, I, I remember I remember when when Ruby said that's what happened to mom I just shouted an expletive of just like I can't believe that they said that like I, I, I can't believe that Similarly to what I like, I'm happy that they did it too. But there are a couple of things that were said so bluntly this episode where you're like, "Man, I miss Chibi." Where where can we get some like, you know, not that I'm not enjoying the show, but let's get some damn levity. And I mean, I know we've again, I like I'm promoting the thing. I know we've got the the Fairy Show coming up, but I can't imagine that's that's going to be all sunshine lollipops and stuff like that. Um, but this was a very important conversation that needed to be had. And I think, I still don't think that Ruby and Yang are entirely on the same page, but this, this was a moment that they needed both as teammates and as sisters.
0: I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah, no, I, again, it's just, it's incredible to hear them say the thing out loud. I. Um, uh, yeah and and to for it to come from ruby um who normally is our source of optimism um just to have ruby our 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 lead character the person who always sees the silver lining um who always has of like who always has that attitude of like well we have to do something you know um we have to be proactive to hear such an optimistic character present the worst case scenario um it's heartbreaking and yeah it's it's one. it's also really um heartbreaking to see yang also break down because very similarly she's usually the character who with a smile and you know she early on she was the character with this um with a lot of bravado and this can-do attitude and so to yeah to see the two of them just hit this very very dark place it's it's rough But it's also needed. And what I like about this moment, too, is that early in the volume, um, you know, Yang, without trying to tear Ruby down, was also questioning kind of how effective Ruby's leadership has been. Um, And I think that that went a long way in kind of shaking Ruby's faith in herself um, throughout this volume Um, she's still she's been trucking on and and she keeps trying and you know she's she's been doing her best but I really did think that that hurt her um, more than she was willing to say and so it's really nice to have this moment of Yang ultimately trying to encourage Ruby when she when she brings up Amity Um, because they ultimately they had different strategies they they had different schools of thought of what was more important and ruby thought that getting the word out to the rest of the kingdoms about what was actually going on in the hopes that somebody would come and send help was the top priority whereas yang thought mantle was the top priority the the most immediate and top priority. And so that's why everybody went their separate ways at the start of the volume. It's been a million years. So (laughs) so it's good to sort of recap that to remind ourselves. Um but it's really nice to be like neither one of them were wrong. And in some ways they were both very, very right. And so it's it's just nice having this moment where the where Yang in particular, who was the, one of the reasons why Ruby's courage and, and faith in and herself were so shaken. It was really nice to have her go, no, you weren't wrong. <laughs> it might not have worked, but you weren't wrong. And we have to ultimately take, say it with me now, risks <laughs> if we want to win. And that's why they're called risks is that they don't always work out, but you weren't wrong for trying. And speaking of Amity i'm gonna go ahead and call it here i think ruby's giving up on (laughs) the notion that somebody's coming to help i think she's giving up on that idea a little too quickly i would be very very surprised if this season ended without that message bringing help in some way shape or form uh do we have thoughts on that uh let's start with katie
1: I mean, I don't know who would be able to come because we've made a pretty solid point in this show about travel time and how traveling from kingdom to kingdom can take a while, depending on how you do it. Which is why I love the on your left idea of Raven (laughs) just portaling people in like, I hate doing this, but I owe a lot of people one. (laughs) So I don't know who could come, but... I think you're right in that we're not done with the effects of that message yet. Mark, how about you?
2: I mean, I don't, I have have other thoughts about where the episode ends that I think are going to be a little bit more pressing immediately. I think knowing how long it took for our crew without military aid to get to where they needed to get It's still not been that long of time. I I think there might be, it might be a thing of one final push whenever the final confrontation takes place. If there is a giant confrontation that's going to take place externally. Mm -hmm. But I think if anything, waking people up to this, I think also that might have incurred more grim attacks, you know? Like just because Salem was here on the front lines and creating grim from monstra that doesn't necessarily mean that grim around the world haven't been reacting to the spike of emotional uh outbursts from all of that so private militaries when i say private but like countries militaries are probably and private militaries for that matter are probably very busy trying to keep the general public safe and it will be your operatives your uh, that's a portrait of words given the subject matter and the team that we are against right now (laughs) but but people who are familiar with the situation that may know uh what's exactly what's going on and exactly what's at stake eventually might show up
0: uh i just uh since you brought that up i was wondering like wouldn't it be crazy if, like, a whole bunch of airships came and Ruby's like, see, it wasn't for nothing. People came to help. And it just, it turns out that it's the rest of the Atlas military. They're like, Ruby Rose, you are very much under
2: arrest. <laughs> You're under super double arrest.
0: <laughs> You're going to mega jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> go- they're
2: sending Ruby to the raft.
0: Oh, no. Oh, um but no uh, i i think you i think you're right I, I think um it's entirely possible that instead of an avengers end game moment um as you said this is a a show with a, a the long game in mind so it's entirely possible that we won't see the effects of ruby's message until several volumes later um because uh the the damage that cinder and company did to beacon when when they attacked uh like that was felt irrevocably irrevocably throughout the rest of remnant and we're still seeing (laughs) the repercussions of all of that so who knows um you know it might take a little bit longer than the end of this volume to see the immediate effects of all of that but um i'm sure we'll get it eventually and i do I, I do think it was the right thing to do, though. But even if it wasn't, I like the takeaway here of, like, we, we have to take risks and we can't lose hope and um, no optimism. Like, we can't be entirely optimistic, but we can't have no optimism either because at that point we've given up. And so I just I like the takeaway of, like, you can't let one you can't let failure stop you and you can't let the fear of failure stop you from doing the right thing either um or or stop you from attempting to do the right thing um uh, because at that point you you've already lost uh and so i i really like that particular takeaway and i think again in the year of our lord 2021 these are very important messages to have in our media so i i appreciated that this is a wonderful sibling moment i i really appreciated it and i really appreciated mom took a risk that day um and she didn't come back it didn't turn out the way she wanted it to but she's still my hero i loved that moment and then pandemonium <laughs> happens oh <laughs> uh, uh because penny uh is no longer able to fight the effects of the virus and she starts making a beeline to try to make it to the vault and this becomes an immediate all hands on deck scenario where everybody is trying to keep Penny from taking off and flying straight to the vault. And even Emerald <laughs> gets in on it. And she, I love the moment where she starts helping, and then she turns to Jean and she's like, "Do something." <laughs> um, and ultimately, like this, this is—it's an insanely dramatic moment. Um, but also, I think it like perfectly encompasses what ruby is all about what did we think of this sequence mark let's start with you
2: jesus christ (laughs) like this was this was another one where i just i exclaimed an expletive because again quote unquote kid show (laughs) you know they they didn't they don't outright say it and they don't advertise it as such. But you know, this is an this is an animated show. This is I, I would say having having one of your main protagonists say the words kill me is uh. there's no there's no there's no going back from that. You can't you can't be like, well, it was a glitch, but this whole <laughs> this whole scene is going to be the counterpoint. To, or actually, this this is a a distinct counterpoint to what Katie brought up in the front of the episode, where each Aesop had a similar reaction at different times and were spaced out, and that shows subconsciously they are not all on the same page. They are all thinking different things at different times for different reasons, and they can't. They continue to not be able to work together or come together. Whereas this team, our team. Good team has come together in a snap knows essentially exactly what they need to do in that moment to sort of take control back in the situation and it's this whole this whole scene from top to bottom is a a good reminder of where we are and where we're going, but at the same time it, it we could have ended the episode here, but we didn't.
1: <laughs> nope Katie, that's. Yeah, um, kill me, I think is the point where we all kind of went, ah, (laughs) just scream. So much screaming. This scene was so well constructed. It was such a nail biter. It was so, so good. And watching everyone work together to try to keep Penny with them, to try to keep her from From falling to the virus and Nora bringing back around like, it's only a part of you, it's not the whole thing. And that being what brings forth the idea of boost her aura, like bring out the human side of her to help balance out what's happening on the machine side. Like, this was so good. This was so good. This was so, so good. I love our team. I love Emerald. (laughs) She... (laughs) I love our beautiful Sundere, who's now on our side. Just that that little monologue about, like, really, really, you guys can't give up now that I finally switched sides. Like, come on. We know that she's 110% here for Oscar, and everyone else is kind of incidental. But yeah, <laughs> I love her. She's Sundere. It's great. But this just, yes, can't say it better than Mark did in terms of teamwork and this scene and just incredibly well done tension and an emotional catharsis where we know the problem's not a hundred percent solved but we still have that moment to breathe and think and move on to the next thing like this was great this was so well put together
0: yeah to to touch on what you were saying mark uh hearing penny say kill me and i can make sure that the power goes to you This is another instance of the show, much like that's what happened to mom. This is another instance of the show saying the thing out loud where it's like, no, now that you've said it out loud, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so like, yeah, it, this is this is an episode that has multiple gut punches because it it says <laughs> it says the quiet part loud. It says the stuff that we've all been saying to each other as fans. It says the thing out loud. Uh, so it's it's a heavy episode in that regard. But like I yeah I just I really love the way this episode was was constructed or this this sequence was constructed. I like the the escalation of it uh and i like the the resolution um we've we've said all along that no penny she's a real girl and it's that realization that has ultimately i mean it hasn't resolved the problem but it saved her in the moment and it's it's the second time that it saved her in the moment and um yeah it's just it first of all somebody gives jean the uh mvp award <laughs> for best assist in this episode. Um it was great. Uh and like also like scenes like this where there's so much heavy dark stuff that that's happening um where the scene ends with a big group hug. I'm like, "Yes, no, that's 100% earned. <laughs> I, I needed that big group hug as much as all these characters did." Um so I really appreciated that. And as far as Emerald goes, I I really like, again, she's finally said the thing out loud. She's like, I've agreed to switch sides. I don't know, ultimately, how that's going to affect her relationship with Cinder. But I think it, that is something we are about to find out very, very soon. Um, yeah, and it's it's exciting to get to see... It's exciting to be at the point where we get to see all of that unfolding. And I I can't wait to see how it progresses. Um, But we get another moment, too, where, you know, we meant that earlier in the episode, Oscar mentioned that Ozpin was back. And we get some shots of Team Ruby reacting. And none of them really seem to react very favorably to that because the man did abandon them after lying for a long time. Um, And so once this happens, um, Oscar kind of lets everybody know that, like, hey, Ozpin wants to say something. And ultimately, what happens is Ozpin, one, he makes an allusion to a fairy tale, which maybe we'll see later on in an upcoming series. I don't know. We'll see. Um, But ultimately, he admits that he was wrong for not trusting them and he apologizes and what happens is, you know, Team ruby has been through a lot. And as they've come to learn, trust is not so black and white necessarily. It's It's difficult to determine who and who you can trust and when and with what. These are all very, very hard lessons that they've had to learn over the past two volumes or so. And so, ultimately, it seems like they come to an understanding of, like, hey, we get it, man. <laughs> we get it. Uh, what did we think of this moment where Ozpin, you know, seems to reconcile with Team Ruby? Let's start with Katie.
1: I think we needed this. It was, again, we we come down from this very tense moment. We have an emotional catharsis. We have Emerald talking about switching sides and cementing as much as we can right now that she's on the team. This is the getting the band back together. We've had the third act argument, as it were. We've gotten everyone back together. We've gotten everyone kind of on the same side, on the same wavelength, on the same team. And then at this point, we can pivot and start working up to the climax of the season now that we have... Dotted our i's and crossed our t's in terms of all of the emotional beats. Like, this worked for Oz as a character. And of course, his first time addressing the group in forever, he shows up with, I'm reminded of a fairy tale. Like, buddy, you probably wrote it. But it was, it worked for him as a character. And it worked for all of the characters as we have them now. And again, I go back to the characters as they are and. Their arcs and intersection and um, how the current events are affecting them. So this this fit very well with all of that. And again, we've, we've gotten the band back together as much as we possibly can. Our adult chaperones are not here right now, and they might still be in prison. We don't know. But we're going to do as much as we can without them. So let's see. So yeah, this this was putting a bow on getting everyone back together, and now we go into the climax. Mark, how about you?
2: Ozpin out here, like, yo, my B. Like
0: <laughs> it
2: was. that's that's how it felt to me. It was just like, yeah. I'm sorry, I guess. Like it I, I agree with Katie, this is a beat that we needed, but it didn't when it comes to this this is just further evidence uh this is like the reprise of Rolling this together, like before the song ends. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs>
0: Are you guys gonna make me watch high school musicals so that I can get these references?
2: Look, I'm not so... gonna make you do anything, but if you want <laughs> to, feel free. It's on Disney Plus.
1: Uh, y'all say that like I've seen it. I have not seen it.
2: Oh yeah, no, I ain't seen that garbage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we've established that.
0: Okay, great. <laughs> um No, I, I'm right there with you guys. This this was a beat that needed to happen. And I don't want to let Ozpin off the hook entirely, um, but at the same time, it's like he's lived long enough and he's he's seen these same, I guess, story beats happen over and over again, where it's like he bestows his trust to someone, they ultimately betray him, and he's like, ah, oh, man. Oh, well, better luck next time. <laughs> and I, I wonder how many betrayals and and um incarnation deaths he had to suffer before being like maybe i should keep that more close to the chest (laughs) and maybe not give away a hundred percent everything that's going on um or be a little bit more discerning with who knows what um yeah I, i do think he was wrong for not telling anyone but at the same time it's like you got a point, buddy. <laughs> we told Ironwood everything and he's whoo, he's gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe there was something to your strategy. Um uh, because trust is a risk. One that doesn't always work out, but when it does, it it usually is well worth it. Uh it's well worth it for when it does happen. So yeah, you know, going back to the to the I think the main takeaway from this episode. Um, but as we've alluded to, this is not the end of the episode because what ultimately happens is Ruby gets an idea of like, oh, wait, talking about risk, there's one risk we haven't really considered as being an option and that's Penny actually going to the vault and we have multiple pieces in place here. They call up Ironwood and they're like, yeah, okay, we're on our way. (laughs) They have Emerald, whose semblance is making people see things that aren't necessarily there. And we have, unbeknownst to the other two parties, we have Cinder, Neo, and Watts, who have listened in, who are also now probably planning on making their entrance. Now, are like... Is Cinder going to do what she did a couple volumes ago in that, like she'll stride in and monologue and then uh, attempt to take out her, (laughs) and (laughs) and then attempt to take out her enemies. Um, Probably not because Watts (laughs) read her, her rights last episode. Um, No, 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 no.
1: read her the riot act. (laughs) There's a difference. Exactly. There's a difference.
0: (laughs) He did indeed. Point being, um, You know, it's very unlikely that she's going to do the exact same thing she did a couple volumes ago, given how thoroughly he dunked on her in the previous episode. But that doesn't change the fact that these are now pieces in play that uh, the other two teams aren't necessarily 100% aware of. So what's going to happen next? Mark, what do you think?
2: So here's here's something that I don't think people are considering or talking about that much which is we have multiple parties that know how to summon jin the party with jin is going to be arriving at the staff of creation and so like I said last episode all all parties will converge on the staff of creation and it's going to be so much more bonkers than the last time so let's so so think about this the last time we had a relic to like that was supposed to be removed and utilized we had a bonkers drag out maiden versus maiden fight and it went crazy now add on the episode where we found out how to utilize jin and the episode with jin we have a lot of possibilities of what's about to happen we're definitely going to get fights we're definitely we're we're but we might get who's who's going to use jin first are people going to use jin are we going to is the staff of creation going to be in play right away what is in the staff of creation are we not like what there are going to be a variety of ticking clocks a variety of uh uh, just pure pure mad situations in play and i don't know if we have any sort of proper way to be prepared for what's about to happen
1: i think that's fair katie I'm going to say that that predicates on a pretty big assumption, and that assumption is that Neo kept the lamp with her when going to meet Cinder. I had assumed that she'd socked it away somewhere. <laughs> oh, I, I because... believe that
2: too, but that but we don't necessarily know that that's true or not.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, like, I had thought that she wouldn't bring it with her because there's nothing saying that Cinder wouldn't just jump her and take the lamp. Like, that's her insurance, but... You have a very good point, and we have so, so many pieces in play here that it's really hard to say what exactly is going to happen. We don't know what Team Ruby's plan is, aside from, yeah, sure, Penny'll go. Like, I still do think that Emerald Semblance is going to play into that particular aspect of things quite a bit, but as to how at this point Who the hell even knows? I will be very disappointed if they don't enter the vault by... (laughs) Someone made this comment in one of my videos. Like, yeah, I hope they enter the vault by the same way they left it. A thousand yard drop straight out. (laughs) (laughs) Just, yes. Things I appreciate. But yeah, no, at this point, the prediction is just one gigantic shrug because anything could happen.
0: Well, and I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, if the staff is taken out of the vault,
1: won't Atlas drop and go boom? Yeah.
2: But how <laughs> how fast will it? That just adds another ticking clock to it.
1: I believe they call it terminal velocity after a certain point.
2: So so then that's the thing of I think Ironwood has that also in his back pocket of if he leaves the the uh, dropping of the payload in human hands he's like well i can't entirely trust that so i can always just drop the city by taking the staff
0: <laughs> I'll that'll kill, show them <laughs> i'll kill
2: everyone just to show them
0: <laughs> i'll kill everyone in this room and then myself <laughs> oh man that's basically what would happen if, if atlas does drop um, although I do think it would be funny if like they take the staff out and, um, Atlas just very, very slowly descends <laughs> a- and everybody looks and was like, wait, I thought Atlas was going to fall. And everybody looks over at Ospen, and he's like, oh, this is one I actually did have a contingency plan for. <laughs> did I not mention that? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, um. I think that's something we should keep in mind as well. Uh, but I think after, so I think the staff ultimately, re- like whatever craziness happens out outside when all of these characters converge, I think ultimately what's going to happen is that Neo, Cinder, and Watts are, they either will end up running or they will end up apprehended in one way, shape, or form. I think it's a, it's entirely possible Cinder might die at the end of this volume. Um, you know, in the opening, you know, um, you know, before before cutting to Salem and, you know, some people will never, ever die, the shot is of Cinder. Um, and I think the lyric is something along the lines of some people die too
1: soon or something. Yeah, like some that. lives will end much too soon, yeah. I believe.
0: So it's entirely possible that Cinder is taken out by the end of this volume um i think Neo's going to bounce uh watts may or may not get captured but no matter what i think they're all going to be (sighs) Uh, they're mm, disbanded Uh, i don't know they're gonna be dust in the wind uh in one way shape or form they're gonna make themselves scarce or poor choice of words yeah they're they're Mm. hey it would be fair for cinder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one good turn deserves another yeah
1: that's right. um, so are we just calling this done and dusted then <laughs> hey hey
0: maybe hey. Um, no but like I feel like there will be dispatched in one way shape or form I think Ironwood will also similarly be dispatched not necessarily dead but I think it's fair to say he will be removed from power <laughs> when this is all done you know on account of being cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs um who knows? Maybe maybe it's even Ozpin talking to him that will like uh, distract him long enough to be uh, you know, disarmed in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. Uh, but I think regardless of what happens with all of that, I think all of our enemies are going to be subdued. And ultimately what's going to happen is they will remove the staff because ultimately everybody atlas and mantle decides that atlas needs to fall and so like it will fall but only after everyone's been evacuated (laughs) um uh so that's that's my thought i think that removing the staff is going to be a choice um because i i don't think atlas should stand anymore um it like that like the, they never should have been put in this scenario in the first place. Like, Mantle should never have been used as a bargaining chip. Um, they Atlas should never have ascended on Mantle's back in the first place. Uh, so I think the only way to make that right is not to, to like completely change gears and talk about like Frozen Two. But I think it would have been better if Frozen Two spoilers had ended with Arendelle being destroyed and them having to rebuild things, but nope, we can't have that. <laughs> That's too controversial of an ending. Um, so I, I think this is one of those instances where uh, everybody's going to come together. Atlas, Atlas, the Atlas and Mantle that were will be no more and ultimately will create something new in its place. Maybe with the staff. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh Katie? Did did we all give predictions? Did you give? One? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I got lost in my in my rambling. <laughs> I lost my way. Bring it home. All right. Final thoughts, Mark.
2: <laughs> Man, stuff's about to get even more wild than it was.
0: <laughs> Agreed, Katie. Ah. <laughs> Yep, it's bonkers, and I can't wait. All right, <laughs> let's bring it on home. Mark, where can people go if they want to keep up with you?
2: The folks can find me at Mark Budonica on Twitter and Instagram and Twitch. Um, I did a co-stream with one of our mods and uh, friend of the show, Cam. Uh, he bought me Super Liminal, and we played through it together. It was a lot of fun. The stream is still up uh, in the archive. Go check that out. And also, if you're still listening, it's, you have you have my gratitude because <laughs> but uh just because we it's, it's stuff yeah it's, we're talking about bs now it's late hi um but uh coming soon uh if if people remember i had a show with friend of the show molly flood about kingdom hearts and just how <sighs> disappointed we were <laughs> Um, But we're going back to podcast diners and deep dives, our little slice of flavor town in the podcast community for a one piece podcast that we've been talking about for the past two years. But we have the added bonus of our friend and fellow storyboard artist, Al McClelland, and uh, the wonderful voice of May Marigold, Caden Jensen, who is experiencing one piece for the first time. And her predictions are so buck wild (laughs) in the in the sense that Molly Al and I have a private chat that she can't see, where we're just sweating. Like, how how did she know? How could she possibly? She's on chapter two hundred, and she just predicted something that's in chapter seven hundred. What the hell is going on? Like, it's the energy. If you're a fan. If you are a fan of One Piece, we go back to the beginning. And uh, to hear somebody enjoy it for the first time and analyze these characters for the first time is is so entertaining. And it's so great that uh, we're able to experience this show through Caden's uh, eyes. And if you are not a uh, listener of One Piece, we are going back to the beginning. So you can watch <laughs> along. You can watch along with Caden so that. Uh, you can follow the similar beats that she does. Um, We do have a name for the show. I'm not going to, we are not revealing it yet because it is so genius and so hype. We made a theme song for it. It's absolutely, (laughs) absolutely bonkers, but we have our first episode recorded. We don't necessarily know when we're going to post it, but if you go to P and triple D on Twitter, Follow us there. You'll find out when stuff begins to drop. It's insane. Join us.
1: So you sound like you're excited about this. <laughs>
2: oh, dude! You, I'm. I am as loud as I legally can be at 1 a.m. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that sounds absolutely incredible. Hell so yeah, guys! I I don't know what you're doing now, but stop what you're doing so you can go and follow them because that sounds like. An absolute treat. And I-
1: then come back for the rest of the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Katie, where can people go if they want to keep up with you?
1: You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaje, that is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Ruby things, to other rooster teeth stuff, to other random things sometimes. Uh, they live on that channel, along with a few random other bits and bobs and odds and ends, like the podcast that I am on. Uh whose name I forgot momentarily there. Oh, boy, it's late. On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast, and we've been on hiatus because the season's been on hiatus, but we are coming back because the season's coming back in April, so, you know, keep an eye out. A week or two before that, we're going to go a little nuts talking about the offseason. It's going to be great. Uh,
0: again, our, our wonderful friend Stacey Shuttleworth couldn't be here tonight, So be, but please be sure to follow her. On Twitter at Stacy Shuttles, she does a lot of cool crafting stuff. Um, yeah, particularly uh, her Haiti stuff right now, absolutely fantastic. Cool. Um, be sure to follow her again. Send her your well wishes. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the That's T H E M E N G U I N. I have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things and I am on a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. (laughs) We talk about it. Uh, Recently I was also on the Mecha Dragon podcast to talk about the finale of WandaVision. So if you are a fan of MCU stuff, head on over there and check that out. Uh, It was a good time. And uh, yes, again, be sure to follow the whole team at the Rooster Team. Uh, Like... Uh all the stuff that we do. Check us out on T Public, buy t-shirts of the silly. Please like us. Say- please
2: like all of the things that we do.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say like us on Facebook when I was like, I don't think we have
1: a Facebook. We haven't had a Facebook in a
2: long time.
1: Just like us anyway. We like you. Please like us, please. <laughs> please I'm begging you, please. like. Uh,
0: but no, uh be sure to join our Discord. Uh, all that fun stuff. Support our sponsor, Fred. And we end with one more announcement.
1: As always, we end with the important things. We're in the middle of a pandemic, you guys. Wear a mask. Anytime you walk outside the door, it doesn't matter if it's to walk the dog or get the mail or just say hi to the neighbors a safe socially distance six feet apart, wear a mask. It protects you a little bit and it protects other people a lot and that's kind of the point here. Like we've talked about having basic human compassion for people and that's definitely part of it. Another part of it is Be kind to your essential workers. Support your essential workers. They do not get the option to stay at home, and with some places making interesting life decisions by lifting mask mandates, they are now going to have to deal with more people who are choosing not to show basic human compassion. So show that basic human compassion, wear your mask around them, be kind, be patient. This goes for your postal people as well, because the post office is still suffering from shenanigans. So be kind and patient to them as well. Black Lives Matter, Black LGBTQIA lives matter, Black Trans Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. That has not changed. That will not change. I know we're in the middle of March, but thank you for voting anyway. Voting good. Thank you. Get involved in your local elections. Vote in your local elections, even if it's for something that you may not think involves you like the school board. Do your research. Vote anyway. Change starts locally and then goes up. So make sure to get involved in your local and state elections as well as your federal. And in terms of federal things, talk to your representatives. Give them feedback. If you like what they're doing, tell them you like what they're doing. Be specific, and if you don't like what they're doing, make sure you they know that too. Be specific and tell them what you would like them to be doing instead. They are representatives. They are supposed to represent your interests, so make sure that they know what your interests are and whether or not they are doing their jobs. If you're not a phone person, Email is fine. Texts are fine. It's all equally valid. Just remember to get involved in the civic process. That's how we make this better. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Basic human compassion for one another. Take care of each other. That is the only way we are getting through this. Love each other. And remember that we love you guys.
0: Thank you guys so, so much for everything. This has been Ruby Redux, and now it's time to say goodbye.